Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Hey, Show Your Scars. I hope everybody had a fabulous holiday season, whether no matter what holiday you celebrated, we had a very Merry Christmas at my household. I think one of the greatest things about the holidays is just spending time with family and friends and seeing all your friends that come back into town and your family that's in town and just living in the moment and embracing those opportunities to just uh, be present with other people because that's where the real magic in life happens is in those relationships. So I hope everybody had a really nice time over the last week as um, we celebrated some holidays. I am pumped. This week we are bringing to you a newly graduated person from University of North Carolina. Joanna Boyles has such an epic story and her drive and determination will be something that you notice right away from even who she was as a child. We go from who she is from that moment when she decided she wanted to play soccer until now and how she has already got to really live out one of those dreams that she had being a kid from North Carolina and uh, just looking up and wanting to play at UNC when she got older. We talk about her decision to graduate high school in three years, why she felt like that was vital, how she's compared to two of the best female soccer players as far as skill goes ever and who those players are. We talk about so many different things in her when her recovery process started as a junior at UNC she learned a lot of lessons in two years through two ACL injuries, and she cried a lot of alligator tears, as she liked to say it. She talks about her biggest lesson that she learned in this process, and it's an emotional lesson, and how she went from telling herself that she can't do this again when she heard, found out she tore her other ACL to I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it even better than before and what the switch was in her brain that helped her be able to do that. Then one of the crucial parts of Joe's story is her decision to train with Chris Gorez, trainer Gorez. We've interviewed him before on the show and he is so interesting in his approach to helping athletes and what Joe said about their conversation the first time they talked is something that I think will stick with me for very for a long time and the humility that both of them showed and continue to show is just a beautiful beautiful thing and how that can really set a good foundation being humble can set a good foundation to grow together this is a really cool journey it goes from Joe as a kid to Joe as a UNC graduate not only getting second team all region but ACC second team ACC all tournament she had five goals and excuse me six goals and five assists she captained the UNC Tar Heels in her fifth and final season and she started every game this is a kid who is so inspirational and has a lot of good things coming in her future so you know what enough about me talking about Joe let's hear from her here she is Joanna Boyle 
guys, I am so excited to welcome Joanna Boyles to the podcast. What is up, Joe? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Gosh, we just chatted for a, a few seconds, and I, you have some big news. Like, not only are you entered into the NWSL draft, which is next month, but on a uh, maybe a different but equally cool level, you just graduated from college. I did. I did. You know, got all my final grades in and graduated. Big deal. Gosh, that, <laughs> that is a big deal, especially with an exercise sports science major. Yeah. That does not seem like an easy task. Yeah, it was. It wasn't too too difficult. Um, there were some challenging courses. My last one I just took was pretty challenging. Exercise physiology had all the nitty gritty. Um, things about the body, but I love that stuff, so it's interesting, and I loved it. Yeah, I can't wait to talk a little bit more about that and how that has yeah. helped you, helped you, and what what you've been through in the last couple of years. But exactly. I want to start. I want to start back um, with little JoJo as a <laughs> child. And do you have any memories of uh, why you got into soccer, or maybe some first memories of soccer that you were like, man, I really. I dig this sport. I can. I I want to play this for a long time. Oh yeah. So my um cousin. So my both my parents are the youngest of three, and then I'm the youngest. So I'm the youngest okay. in the whole entire family. Um, <laughs> and I only have one girl cousin, and she's quite a bit older than me, but she actually played soccer at Clemson. Oh. And so growing up, I would always um you know we were from we'd always meet in in, in Shelby, North Carolina, which is close to Clemson, and she'd always bring her teammates um to Christmas and Thanksgiving and so that was I always grew up kind of idolizing going to all of her games that I could um so that kind of you know soccer was kind of the cool thing to do my older cousin did it and I loved it I loved Mm -hmm. going I loved watching I loved trying to try to be like her and all her teammates so that was that was kind of my intro to soccer and kind of I loved it from then on out and when you were playing as a youth player and going to these games and watching your cousin play, did you always dream and aspire to go to UNC? Because you're from not too far away from there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was always my dream. I um I actually remember um they played UNC and I think I'm pretty sure my memory's foggy, but I'm pretty sure they beat them and it was like a big big deal. Yeah. And I went to the game in in Chapel Hill and just you know I was idolized. I always wanted to go to UNC from the beginning and um, being, you know, 25 minutes down the road, I mean, it's just the greatest, greatest place and, and has the richest history. And so for, for me growing up, that was always, always the dream. Right. And we're going to get to this, but newsflash people, Joe did go to UNC. She, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did make that dream come true. But one of the things I want to talk about is during your youth career, mm-hmm. um, you really – developed into quite a a technical player and Mm -hmm. there has to be some kind of drive and something within you that allows you to do that when your coach Anton Dorrance who has coached some of the the best players ever compares you to the likes of Tobin Heath and Tisha Venturini these are these are big players technically that have done such a good job in this sport um, that I think there has to be a drive inside of you and do you remember um what is it about that? Or do you remember a time where you're like, I just want to get better at soccer? Like, what was that drive that was in within you during your yeah. youth? And- so growing up, um, 
you know, I we when you kind of get to that age where it's like around like seven and um, seven eight, where you kind of are trying to you really kind of decide like what you kind of love. You kind of just your heart decides it for you. Uh huh. Um, and I'll never forget, I was playing in a kind of like a rec kind of league, and I was it was co-ed, and I like trucked a boy, and <laughs> the coach. The coach, like, got all mad, and, like, my dad, who really doesn't say much, like, was furious, and so we knew kind of then, like, I needed to kind of find something that was, um, you know, very soccer-specific that, you know, could kind of cater to what I wanted to do and and that kind of thing, and, I mean, lucky enough, Next Level Academy um, was just starting, and I, everything about the place, it was, it's from the ages of six to it is now 12, but it was 11 when I was coming along. Mm-hmm. And Damon Nahas and, and Scotty Schweitzer, um, just it's a it's a technical academy. So everything that we do there and everything um, that I learned growing up was was starting off from making sure you had a great foundation. Um, and so that's kind of where I credit to credit all of my technical ability was learning at such a young age um, the correct way to do things. And and for me to um, coming in, you know, I'll never forget, like, all the Carrie girls kind of had their, um, kind of had their cliques. They all went to school together, and I was like this Raleigh kid that came in, and um, <laughs> all I had to do was, is, was work as hard as I could and, and improve every single day, because they had already been there a year, so I was kind of the new kid on the block, and all I wanted to do was make sure that everything I did was perfect, and everything that I did was given with the, with the hardest possible work that I could give to it. And so I think that's kind of definitely where that kind of inner inner drive started when, when it came mm-hmm. to the, the technical side. Mm-hmm. And just the feeling of satisfaction when you do, you know, do catch up, when you do get beyond those players that, that you did put in the work and that it shows um, is something that exactly. I think as athletes we really crave is that, okay, we can put in the work and we can get better. Exactly. And and I think that was that was definitely really cool to see kind of the soft-spoken kind of like put your head down and kind of work. Um, I think that's kind of carried carried on throughout my, my career. Um, yeah, and a, a little bit of adversity, right? Yeah, just a little you bit. Did, <laughs> right? You, you didn't fit in. You didn't seem – but, you know, your sport was your way to find a way to fit in. And Exactly. Um, and and those girls are some of my best friends now. We grew up on the on the same club team um, mm-hmm. from the time that we were we were eight. After we got over that weird transition here, um, <laughs> where we all didn't know who really each other were, and then we all mm-hmm. kind of stuck together until we were eighteen and 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 did some incredible things in club, um, and you know some incredible players. You know I played with the with Alexis Schaffer and Claire Wagner, mm-hmm. um, Christina Gibbons, people that you know were were drafted and 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 um, that have done done extremely well in their sport and, and they had unbelievable college careers. Yeah. Um, so that was that's really cool in itself to, you know, be able to play with those high-level players at such a young age throughout your entire youth career. For sure. Did you guys win you, – you said um, you know had a good club career. Did you guys win national yeah. championships? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we won two. <laughs> we won two. Two. Dang, yeah. I only won one. Yeah, we won, yeah we won two, went to the finals of – of one um mm-hmm. semifinals of the other but um yeah we were we were we were great, great club team. yeah we were we were legit <laughs> what do you think you know i i didn't really plan on talking about this but what do you think it was with that team that allows 
allowed it to be so successful? The question of the century. Um, the, you know, Damon, Damon Nahas, and, you know, now that all of our careers are ended and whenever we kind of get together and talk about, you know, what made uh-huh. us so great, we, we really don't know. Uh, we're just such sisters, and, and Damon Nahas, our coach, did an unbelievable job of just kind of, like, guiding us through um, through adulthood and, like, growing up together, and um, we just love each other so much, and, and that it extends beyond, way beyond the field. Um, I don't really know. We all have such different personalities, but we all love each other so much and, and, and yeah. we're family and we still keep in contact. It's it's interesting. We're trying to, I'm trying to figure out myself now what made it tick, but it, yeah. it sure did tick. <laughs> right. Um, and maybe it is just that trust and the, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship that the person next to you is going to have your back and, and fight exactly. for you. Exactly. So, so club went, pretty pretty dang good yeah. by any anybody's accounts and yeah. you decided to uh join unc actually a little bit early and yeah. and take a great they technically call it a gray shirt now right so did you graduate in december and then join in january at unc or how did that no work? i actually graduated a full year early oh wow so yeah so i graduated so i always with the, my girl with the club team that i played with i always played up okay um, and so Anson kind of saw me at a young age and didn't really know how old I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when I, kind of going through the recruiting process, he was like, would you, you know, want to graduate early? You know, I know you're with your club team and you wouldn't really have a place once they left. Um, and I never really thought about it, but I was, I was down. So yeah. um, just graduated high school in three years and, and headed on to, to UNC a year early. You said that like that's such a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> I just graduated high school in three years. Do you remember it being challenging? Like, did you take uh, summer not, courses? How did you? No, not really. So I um I graduated. Well, I came into high school with two math credits already. So mm-hmm. we we were lucky to have um a block system. And okay. I, all I needed really to do was just double up on um my Englishes. So I took two Englishes in a year and, and two sciences in a year, and it was actually it was really easy. Um. But I loved it. My my high school is awesome and, and it's so accommodating to, to everything that I ever needed. So I can't thank yeah. you enough for making the process easy, too. Right. And as prepped as you can be, do you remember your first practice at UNC and the thoughts that you <laughs> yeah. had going in from from oh, high yeah. school to, to college? Yeah, no one can ever prepare you for any <laughs> any of it. Um, no one can prepare you for it. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll never forget because I, when I was a freshman, um, the senior classes, you know, the Crystal Dunn, the Kaleo highs. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, Baby Joe coming in. Um, we always start off, um, we always start off every year with like a blue-white scrimmage. And it's like the starters from last year versus the reserves um, okay. and, the, and the people coming in. And it's all just so chaotic because it's, it's like three 10-minute scrimmages. And so it's all out, all you can give for that, that amount of time. So it yeah. was crazy. And I'll never forget Crystal just blowing by me, and it was just a, a welcome to college, <laughs> welcome to UNC, right. for sure. Gosh. But yeah, that was it was it was it was a it was a learning curve. But you know, once you figure it out, um, it's a bit easier. Yeah. How how did everything go? So you played three, your first three years at UNC went fairly normal. Fairly, to, yeah, fairly normal. Fairly yeah. smooth. Yeah. To all accounts and. Uh, do you, were there there moments of 
difficulty within those? Were there moments of, you know, wow, I can't believe, you know, pinch me moments where things are just falling together that you can't really believe that this is the dream that you had and it's all coming true? It was def- I mean, it was definitely tough. It was definitely tough, you know, coming in with such a, a great youth career and then, um, you know, obviously playing behind Crystal Dunn, that's just an honor in itself. But to, you know, starting every single game in your, you know, throughout your club career to, you know, getting, you know, 10 minutes a half um, mm-hmm. your freshman year, that was definitely, definitely a tough, um, tough transition into, into that. Um, I definitely think it was, I was so grateful to be able to learn from all of the seniors and all the upper, upperclassmen. Uh, but it was, it was definitely tough. It was no, it was no cakewalk. That's for sure. And, yeah. Um, you know, kind of coming into my sophomore and junior year, you know, I started to you know, really figure out things and, and figure out, you know, the way we, we were to play and, and figuring out who I was again. And, and so going into, you know, freshman year was tough. And then sophomore year, losing so many um, seniors that year, you know, we, we banded together as a team and really grinded it out. And then junior year, everything, everything was in place. You know, we were number one in the country. Um, flying high I was so excited and you know then you know we started to go down down with ACLs um, that year we had around seven I think um, yeah I want to say seven yeah yeah and so that kind of definitely you know we go from number one in the country to you know I tearing my ACL or not ending my career but ending that season with with a torn ACL was pretty pretty disheartening in, in in a in a just a punch in the gut for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Going, looking back and after this was all happening, there had to have been some assessment. Um, you know, you, you mentioned you're one of seven girls on the team who tore their ACL and mm-hmm. three of them were, you know, you and another girl in one training session. Yep. And then yep. the, the following week, somebody else tore their ACL. So yeah. I, I, or this is something like that, the order. Yeah. 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 Um, did what was the the response of diversity of like how how do we change this or what's going on or can we change the way they train or the way they or you know because that's not normal yeah yeah that's um definitely not not the norm um we were kind of going through that that whole year was was definitely um it it never rained as much as it did like that year it was Mm. like we were jumping from our practice facilities, which were, you know, with all the rain, it was just a lot of mud, a lot of squish. We would jump to turf. We would jump to, um, you know, a good playing field when we play on games. So we were jumping on all different types of surfaces and, and training hard. Um, you know, we've 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 looked at it, and, and it, it almost came out to be, you know, everyone had a certain reason for tearing it. Um, yeah. And, you know, going forward, we, we changed a couple of things with our training sessions and, and that kind of thing. But it was kind of like anomaly. Like, it was just the strange. It was, like, the craziest, craziest experience yeah. to be a part of was just with everyone dropping like flies that year. Right. Um, I had five, five of us one year at Santa Clara all for ACL. So yeah. I, I, I feel that same way. Like, yes, of course, we the, – the hardest thing I think about tearing your ACL and trying to – um, approach this subject of like how do we reduce this risk mm-hmm. it, it does it happens so differently to every single person exactly and every that's kind of the difficult yeah yeah um so i mean do you remember the day vividly do you remember oh, yeah. uh, kind of oh, what yeah. transpired afterwards and 
uh, uh, yeah. kind of some immediate <laughs> emotions or uh, tough feelings that you had to navigate right away? Yeah, so the first one came off, um, we were in the ACC tournament. We played Florida State that, I guess it was that Friday, um, and, you know, played, felt like the, my junior year, I felt like things were finally clicking. I was I was really feeling on top of my game, and we were, you know, we had, we recovered from, you know, the team recovered from two starters tearing their ACL, so we kind of rejuvenated, patched together, and really flying high into the into the tournament. Um, but that Sunday we did it, we had a fitness session, um, and it was, it was super, it was, a, it was a late session, it was around like five, and it was eerie, creepy, kind of rainy weather, um, and we, we were doing a 5v5, and, um, you know, I was, I felt great, I was flying, and, you know, all of a sudden I, I, you know, I'm de- defending someone, and plant with my left, and it sounded like a bat to a, that to a tree. Mine, mine don't pop. Mine make a loud crack noise. Mm. Um, and so it kind of, I know I went down and, you know, it's not an immediate pain. It's not painful. Yeah. Um, and so initially though, the coaches saw it and, and I, I think I initially said like, it's gone, like I did it. Um, but you know, once kind of things calm down, you know, you tell yourself that you're fine, you know, it's not painful. You get up, you t- I was able to jog it off. I was like, this is fine. I'm good. All good. Um, we iced me down, you know, the, the, the test was kind of inconclusive. Um, Mm -hmm. and so then, you know, while I was being iced up, um, my roommate went down, um, and she was in a lot of pain and she kind of had a feeling and and knew what she thought she did. Um, so I, yeah, it was, it was a pretty, pretty rough day. Um, you know, just, I remember distinctly, you know, it was my left one and her right one. So I was able to drive back to the train. Um, training yeah. room and and um, kind of you know from there I was pretty optimistic until you know I woke up the next morning and it was just swollen and, and painful and I mm-hmm. kind of knew knew then that you know it was my season was definitely over. Ugh. Yeah. What a hard moment to to go through, especially when the team is doing well. You're you're leading the team. You know you're playing a big big role Mm -hmm. in that and then have to convince yourself, you know, like, well, that's not my, that's not my role anymore. How, how hard was that for you? It was definitely devastating, definitely devastating. Um, and so we, it was, it all kind of happened so fast too, was cause you know, quick turnaround, you know, we, we had to, Mm -hmm. we had to turn around and get ready for, um, the NCAA tournament. So we had our first game. Um, on my birthday, I, I remember oh. on, our, on my birthday, and um, and uh, yeah, it was just tough. It was it was so tough. Um, I kind of, you know, you just kind of are like a zombie at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you really, obviously, you're trying everything that you can to to help your team win from the sidelines in a different role. But um, our team was definitely shell shocked, you know, with two other starters going down. So we had four starters out at that point. And um, it was definitely just kind of almost zombie-like, um, to say the least. And then we went to to Clemson um, to play Texas A&M in the in the second round, and and our another starter went down in in that game. And kind of then it was just you know it was hard to even imagine what was going on. It right. all happened so fast. Um, right. Yeah. So it was definitely tough. Definitely tough. And when you are are going through this, this is the biggest probably at this point in your your career and maybe your life. I don't I, I can't speak mm-hmm, for life outside mm-hmm. soccer, but 
one of the most challenging things for something, um, you know, our outlet, your outlet for so long was to go get the ball and go play soccer. Exactly. Do you feel like mentally you, you were trying to stay in it in those moments, stay in it and, and help your team. But why do you think it is that we almost convince ourselves like, everything's okay or like I, I have to act this way in those moments it's really challenging and I think mentally yeah. you also have to understand that expressing emotions and feeling the disappointment and the frustration and how those are different emotions mm-hmm. but allowing yourself to feel those is actually a big part of healing oh 100 percent. and I think for me my first one I, I didn't do a good job of that um I didn't do a good job of accepting it um, you know, I was like, put a brace on me, like, put a brace on me, like, I'm fine, like, let me get through this, you know, like, I was, it was kind of like, and then the ball was kicked, and I tried to trap it, and my knee went in and out, and I was like, no, nope, it's mm. just gone, um, yeah. but, you know, it was kind of almost like you're in denial, um, that was definitely my first, my first ACL kind of recovery, I, I, I never fully let my emotions kind of happen, um, and kind of like accepted it, it was, I was very, very much in denial, um, until my second one happened, and then I kind of able to start my the dog not just my dog working. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it definitely it, I definitely did not accept it. Um, yeah. As I as I as much as I did my second one, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the most important steps that you know I was missing with my first recovery. Yeah, and. Overall, so that's a big difference that you notice between the first and the second. But your mm-hmm. first recovery, did it seem to go smooth? Did you feel like everything was going right? I did, or yeah. Were there yeah. moments where you're like, I don't know about this? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought, you know, not being, not going through a process that long, you know, all I had was before was, you know, sprained ankle or mm-hmm. um, something, nothing too too major. And so I wasn't really able to. I didn't know, you know, I, I wasn't sure. So I just kind of went along and assumed um, that everything I did was perfect and, and was going to get me back on the field. So I think for me in my second, like between my first, I can always contrast between the two because they yeah. are so such different recoveries um, that, you know, I you can't just assume that um, everything is being done right. You have to take it into control and, and kind of go through go through that process as an, as an individual. Um, and I think that definitely was, was one of my, one of the biggest things that I decided to do with my second one was kind of take it into my own hands mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of go through, go from there. Yeah. I, I can't remember like when I first um, heard about you or how I heard about you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember this, this feeling in my gut when I heard that you had torn your ACL again, because yeah. our, t- our timelines, although mine was in the spring and yours was in the fall are, are eerily similar. Um, but mine was all on my, my left knee. Yours mm-hmm. was one on each, but oh, mine was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yours was one on each, but the, yeah. the timeline mine was, um, I retore mine 10 and a half months. Yours was about mm-hmm. nine months, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was, After yeah. your first one, you, you tore your second one. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I can still feel the feeling that I had uh, when I left the, the doctor's office and every single thing I did that mm-hmm. day afterwards, um, because that was a really hard day to go through when you've done this once and then you're going to, you know, you have to do it again. 
And yeah. uh, can, can you, is that day just yes. vivid for you? Oh, I mean, yeah. What oh, was that yeah. day like? Yeah, so it was kind of, it's interesting because it kind of, the two completely contrast each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the second one was an August day. It was sunny. It was hot. I mean, it was a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just, I was already planning on red trading because I, um, you know, it was my senior year and I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, fully, fully healthy and fully, you know, capable of doing what I, I know I can do as a soccer player. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really kind of want to go out, you know, 70%. And so, you know, I was already planning on taking a red shirt, but, you know, I was still training, um, getting back into it. And, you know, it was, it was a sunny day and, and, I was finally feeling kind of confident with everything and we were doing often like an offense versus defense kind of drill. And, um, you know, I was spraying the ball really well and I decided, you know, I remember thinking like, okay, I'm feeling a little confident. Let me see if I can like take this player on. And, um, so I dribbled at someone, did a, did a, uh, scissor, scissor roll. And then on the mm-hmm. roll, uh, with my plant leg, it just immediately went in and, you know, the same infamous loud crack, um, happened. Yeah. And, um, at, you know, at that point, I definitely knew with that one, you know, it was, it was over and, you know, I, the boys were training and they were actually were able to hear the sound too when I was talking oh. to them on the other field. Um, but, you know, it, initially it was such a, a visceral kind of like raw emotion that kind of happened because, you know, the whole team was able to see that, you know, we were doing an offensive versus defensive drill. Right. And it was just a, a, a blood, I mean, I going into detail, but it was just so, um, emotionally raw. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember saying, like, I can't do it again. Like, I literally can't do it again. I just remember saying, like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was, that was a tough day. And, you know, I kind of, I didn't need a doctor or anyone to tell me kind of, you know, I knew. Um, right. It was, it was an ACL and that, you know, nine more months ahead of me or eight months or however, but I do remember being in the, in the doctor's office and um, saying like, I will be back on the field in the spring um, in whatever capacity, I will be back on the field in the spring. Um, And kind of when that all happened, my, my mindset changed, you know, I was Mm. finally like (laughs) not one ACL, but two ACLs in in nine months. Um, Then it was, I was able to kind of really, accept it and you know take it by the throat and kind of you know this isn't going to end my career it's not going to um so that's kind of when the mindset kind of changed what do you think it was because that that feeling like i can't do this again um you know is valid it's it's not an easy recovery it's it's so much more mental (laughs) it's so much more mental than it is physical and you know the inability to do things even when you feel like you can do things um it's so hard mentally and so feeling like I can't do this is so valid and I want people to know that it is valid. But what do you think it took from that feeling to the feeling of like, no way, like what, what was going on in your brain that could convince you to go from that to that in just a matter of days? I mean, it really was um, my family, my family and the, and the people around me, um, you know, it was kind of, the pity party was done and it was time to kind of get to business and figure out um, what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to rehab. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was actually um, in a neuromuscular class at the time 
And uh, so my professor was wanting me to get in the studies because I, <laughs> I walked in the first day. I was like, oh, I first started being in class, like, you know, coming off an ACL tear, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, the next day I, like, come in with, like, my hood up and, like, I was like, I did the other one. No. Um, and so, yeah. so he got me in his study and was able, you know, was able to see, like, um, certain things, you know, a lot of lacking in strength and, and kind of things like that. Um, so I knew that, you know, I needed to go go in a different direction, and I didn't know what direction that was at all. And kind of mm-hmm. my next step that kind of, you know, I was able to focus on was like, okay, let's find someone who can get me back on the field. Like, let's, we like, my family, like, we all, like, we were like, we've got to figure something out. Like, mm-hmm. we're taking control of the situation. Like, what what are we yeah. going to do? And, and, and for me, that, that answer was, you know, Chris Gores. Um, yeah. And just him and what he's done for me I just will never be able to put into words or how grateful or any of that I am to him and he knows that (laughs) Uh, because I try to but I can't but for him and you know I look back at it and that is such a dark 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 time where you don't know like you really don't know what's next it's such Mm -hmm. a dark dark place and you know I really believe he was an angel for me and you know coming in and, and, and helping me you know play the sport again that I love at at, a, at the same level I was, if not better than I was before I left it, um, mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty incredible. And he's a testament to that for sure. I love Chris. And I can't wait to talk a little bit more about what he did for you and kind of how you found him and in that regard. But one of the things I like about what you were just saying is you do have to take control of your rehab because it is your life. Like exactly. I think that's what's hard for people to understand is whether you're at a school or whether your insurance carries, you know, was only mm-hmm. for something or another, you still have a, you still have a choice. You can, yeah. you know, take a loan, you can go somewhere else. You can see if, you know, there, there's still a choice in it and you have to make the best choice that is right for you. Exactly. And also if it happens to you multiple times that, you know, one of the, quotes I think of is the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results exactly you you have to change something up and for you you found that in Chris and how how did you find Chris and you know we we talk about Chris a lot with the ACL Mm -hmm. club and um, I I I trained with Chris when I played on the spirit and you know, I wish I would have had him in these times that you got to have him. And um, it was just so late in my career that um, unfortunately for me, that wasn't really, my option was pretty much like, you're not going to ever play. So you might as well stop playing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. But how did you find Chris and what was it about him initially that you were like, all right, this is the guy. Yeah. So initially kind of with everything, I didn't know what to do, like I said. Mm -hmm. And so kind of to put a bandage on things, um, I, I found a PT um, near UNC who was just absolutely phenomenal. Lauren mm-hmm. Farrell, she was just phenomenal. So she kind of like kind of, you know, did the initial kind of like, you know, until Physical like therapy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the things that you can't really do. Like it's all kind of like you knee know, mobility, exactly. knee mobility, and glide, Flexion, you know, all those things. Yeah, all those things. Kind of getting the initial strength back. And so I knew in my head that at some point I would have to, you know, find a long-term um, plan because obviously, you know, there's some, there's an issue with my butt. There's some issue that, you know, that I cannot fix and something mm-hmm. that's, that was really irritating to me because, you know, on a, on the soccer field, you know, 
if I wasn't able to do something, I was able to create a drill. I was able to create yeah. something that could fix it. But mm-hmm. at this time, I there was nothing. I didn't know how to, you know, rehab. I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know these things. I wasn't mm-hmm. qualified. And so um, when it came to Chris, I, you know, we were looking all around and I'd followed him on social media and, you know, I'd follow Crystal and, and, and Allie Krieger and all of them that, you know, played with the spirit and, they would always post, and Yael, and Yael, of course, not going to forget about Yael, um, they would always post with, you know, this Chris Gorez dude, this trainer Gorez dude. I'm like, who in the world is this guy? Like, <laughs> who is he? So then I finally followed him, and I was like, he, I like what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. I like him. And I, I mentioned it to my mom one time, and she finally was like, honey, why don't you just, like, give him, like, reach out to him? Like, just reach out to him. Like, you never know. Like, that doesn't hurt. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And so I finally, Yael and I have had, a, like, a, a prior relationship, you know, with her going to UNC and, you know, mm-hmm. me coming at a young age. So I knew Yael said, she's like, do you think he would be, like, willing to just, like, you know, have a conversation with me and just kind of see, like, just talk? Because at this point I didn't know. I just wanted to talk right. to someone. Right. And um, so, yeah, so we, she, like, she, I sent him an email. Um, he sent one back, and, and we were able to, a range of time to, to FaceTime, and for me, like, I'll never forget how, you know, I won't forget my tears, I'll never forget when I, when I FaceTimed Chris, and at that point, it was my mom and I in, in Chapel Hill, and um, we FaceTimed him, and we kind of, once, I remember once getting off the phone, I just started bawling, and my mom was like, what in the world, I was like, I just, something, like, it just feels right, like, mm-hmm. we found the answer, like, we found someone who can, you know, do everything that we need to do. And I'll never forget that that conversation because he was just phenomenal. And, you know, we were asking questions and, you know, he's like, it's, I don't have a protocol. You know, I don't have anything like I have to see you. It's all based on you. Um, you know, it's all based on what's, 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 hmm. what you need. And I was like, okay, now, well, you know, we're getting somewhere. And it, it was, it was the strangest thing because we're, he's up in DC and we're like, okay, like how, like, what, how are we going to do this? Like what's, mm-hmm. what's, what's going to happen? And so it turned out that, my one of my mom's best friend's daughters who she taught when she was growing up lives five minutes from his place oh gosh and it was like all the stars were aligned and like it was like meant to be it was meant meant to happen yeah it was meant to happen and I think those so was, those moments of trusting your gut and the whole experience like your gut is going to tell you when things are right and it's going to tell you when things are wrong and yep. you have to listen to that and um what a cool experience that right away you were like, I don't know what it is. I don't yeah, know. But it's, yeah, it's something. Yeah. It's something. Yeah. And I think yeah. what's refreshing is when you're going through all these doctor's appointments and this and that, like, it's kind of nice and it, it humanizes people when they're like, I don't, I don't know the answer right now. Yeah. Because I, I know dealing with doctors sometimes they're like, well, this is how it is and I'm the best. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. they have to be pretty confident because, they're that's the role that's they play they but it, yeah yeah it sounds like almost chris's humility and saying like i don't know like i don't know what i'm going to do with you but i know i want to work with you that humility mm-hmm. is something that attracted you to him as well oh i would 100 percent agree i've never thought about it like that but that's i would especially at the time that i was going through i think that mm-hmm. humility definitely definitely attraction there because what a big lesson you learn on humility, too, going through ACL injuries. Yeah. It's like I mean, you you have to humble yourself in so many ways. Like, I can't grab that. I can't 
pick that glass of water up and bring it no. where I want it to go because I can't walk without using crutches. Exactly. Or like, you know, like you can't, you literally like cannot do anything for yourself. Yeah. You can't, you can't do anything for yourself. Yeah. So right, right away, I know that you and Chris discussed something pretty big that is actually one of the, the key components to a lot of ACL injuries that mm-hmm. people have and in the way that our bodies function. And you guys were able to, to kind of pinpoint that right away, with which is glute function and, yeah. and firing your glutes. And do you remember, um, I guess, talk about the, the significance of it and mm-hmm. what it was that you had to do to relearn or, or really learn how to fire your glutes correctly to protect yourself? Yeah, so for me, like, I, I told him, like, it was on the phone call. I was like, they just don't fire. Like, no one, like, you can't get them to fire. And he was like, oh, we'll get them to fire. And, <laughs> and so, you know, we were Thanksgiving of not this past Thanksgiving, but last Thanksgiving where we really started from the ground up. I mean, we did the most basic exercises that I really couldn't even do. Um, mm. You know, I couldn't lift myself up off the ground on one knee. Like, I just, there's things I couldn't do. And mm-hmm. so for us, um, starting at literally, um, we kid about it now, like, it was almost negative. Like, I was in the negative. I was starting in the negative, you know, two ACLs not being mm-hmm. able to fire anything. And so we started from negative 50 or whatever, and we had to build and layer um, layer things. So it was it was basic, basic exercises that, that we were doing to, to fire and, and making sure that I was doing it properly because that's, that's the key is, yeah, you can do, you can do a single, single leg RDL, but, like, are you doing it right? Or, you know, are you doing this, this single leg, you know, hip bridge correctly? Are you actually, you know, rotating your hips and firing your glutes? Um, that was kind of the biggest eye-opener to me was actually being able to fire my glutes. But, you know, it wasn't like I was doing some, you know, crazy lifting. I was doing something so, so basic, but, man, with my my butt was on fire. I mean, it was, it was cramping. It was cramping, and I've never had that happen to me before. Yeah. Um, You're like, what is this? Yeah, I was like, I remember I remember texting and I was watching Grey's Anatomy because I killed the seasons 1 through 14 during those two ACLs. <laughs> I killed them. I killed them. And I was watching them, and I was like, Chris, my but just cramped, and I don't know what to do. And he just started laughing. I mean, he was all rolling. Um, He's like, I told you so. Yeah, he was like, I, I told you. And I was like, I know, you're right, you're right. Uh, um, that's so interesting, too, because you could be doing those same exercises. You could have been doing them a year before that. And, exactly. Or, or maybe you were, and you just weren't, you weren't. There's so many minuscule things that you have to focus on. And mm-hmm. one of the things I'm, I'm pretty intrigued with and how we can teach kids a little bit earlier on in life of, like, what does it mean to fire a muscle? What does it feel like when you engage your glutes? What does it feel like when you land properly in a squat mm-hmm. and you're not, it's not all your quad and your, your joints, you know? Yeah. And that was, that was my issue. That was my issue. I was all quad, all mm-hmm. quad, um, not firing my glutes. I mean, soccer players, obviously we have big quads, but even when I would do, you know, the exercises that were supposed to supposedly supposed to be for your glutes and your hamstrings, my quads would just take over yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know how to fix that. And Chris, Chris was able to fix that. Yeah. Um, it's cool that he broke it all the way down and then rebuilt you from there. And mm-hmm. also maybe a, a blessing in disguise that you did have that, 
prior ACL. So then oh, yeah. when, when you were doing this rehab with him, it was like, it wasn't just your one that you were working on. It was both of mm-hmm. your legs. It was symmetry. It was working mm-hmm. to get a full body. Cause that's a big thing too. It's not just a leg rehab. It's a full body mind yeah. uh, spirit rehab as well. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he does all of that. <laughs> I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. you, I can't speak more highly of Chris Flores and everything that he's, he's done for me and is continuing to do for me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is such a full body. And, you know, I kind of, you know, obviously you wouldn't wish, you know, two ACLs on someone yeah. or, you know, or, you know, being recovered from one and tearing the other. But like for me, having, having two and being able to, you know, I, if I didn't tear my second one, I would have never met Chris Flores and who knows what my senior season would have looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would I have torn it later on? Like I was just a chicken. And so just for me being able to kind of, you know, I'm not grateful that it happened, but I'm grateful for, for what it's taught me and what it, what it's, all the people that it's brought back into my life. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I'm grateful for, for that and, and who I've become and, you know, who I've, who I've always been. It's kind of been redefined through this process and I'm just so grateful, grateful for it. Um, obviously I wouldn't want it to happen to anyone, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely been a, a grueling process that's taught me, taught me a lot. Right. And that's one thing I, I listened to you talk to Chris and the guys that train with the best podcast about this. And mm-hmm. you said, I am a whole new person and player. Can you mm-hmm. describe maybe one attribute of both of those things that you feel like going through this process um, for 21 months, mm-hmm. what that changed in you or what, what characteristics that were inside of you that it really mm-hmm. highlighted and brought back to the surface mm-hmm. that you can look in the mirror and say, hey, Joe, like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, for me, the, you know, like me banging into this boy at, you know, age <laughs> six, like it, it kind of brought those, those characteristics back um, and kind of they resurfaced again. Um, you know, the, the, the feelings of like, you know, I'm forgotten and, and, and the soccer world's kind of forgotten about me and has no idea who I am anymore. Um, just kind of those feelings of wanting to prove myself again and wanting people, people to, to, um, you know, remember who I am. You know, I just didn't, you know, I didn't have two ACLs and just, you know, I was done. You know, I wanted to make this, make a statement of, you know, who I was and I wasn't going to crumble uh, at, at two injuries, um, not, that wasn't going to tear me down. I was going to go out, um, and, and do who I was. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, all those, all those kind of, um, those, those toughness qualities and those resilient qualities really definitely resurfaced and, 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 and grounded themselves at the top again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I even like, I got a, I got a tattoo that, you know, was like, I am. And, and for me, like, I am tough. I am resilient. Um, I am all these things that, you know, I don't need an ACL or two ACLs to remind me of, um, because I, I don't think anyone should go through that to remind themselves of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it just, it's a daily reminder that, you know, you can get through anything. Like you are tough, you are resilient. Um, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like my mantra that you really are. helps me get through. Yeah. yeah. Really helped me get through, um, everything and it just like I said it just resurfaced like this inner this inner drive and inner inner thing that kind of the things that got me to UNC and the things that you know yeah. 
made made our our club team successful. Um, all those things kind of resurfaced again, and, and I was excited to to get back to and, and excited to be the best player that I could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that was exciting, and he kind of ignited that again. Yeah. Um, and that it's okay to knock down a ball. Like, you know, I'm saying it's okay to, you know, do all these things. And I think, I mean, I can't thank him enough for igniting that again. Um, yeah. It's just, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it's so cool that you, all everything you just said, gosh, it, it just makes me so proud of you and all that you've um, come through. And not only did Chris um, ignite that, but, you know, you built a team around you and you have a team around you who, mm-hmm who fans that flame, including yourself, Joe, like mm-hmm. you, he, he might've reminded you and ignited that, that, that what you're capable of. But, um, you know, fortunately for me, I've got, I, I got to meet your parents just mm-hmm. a couple months ago and, yeah. you know, talking to them, man, like what a support team you have in them. Yeah, they're and, phenomenal. Absolutely. And, and you that, even if it's ignited, that flame's igniting it in you, you have to believe still. You have mm-hmm. to do something to make that fire grow. And exactly. you, you've you done so much. And there's a couple couple dates that, you know, you always remember those days that you tear your ACL. But mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll never forget April 9th of 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one was pretty incredible, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I'll link the video that Britt Bartok did um, with UNC when you got to go back and play your first game um, yeah. in the spring. So not, not not officially first game, and maybe that, that other first game we'll, we'll talk about in a second. But, mm-hmm. um, man, the video, I cry every time I watch it. Yeah, I still do. <laughs> I still do. She did, I mean, she did an amazing, I mean, I can't, she did an amazing job on it. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And for me, like, I'm an, I'm an open book and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Um, and for me, we played the courage, um, I think the day before or so. And she was like, Joe, like, I really want to be able to like, get, like, like, do you mind if I like, you know, have the camera on you? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Like, I was like, beware. Like I will cry probably like alligator tears. Like I'm an emotional person. Like, I'll probably tear up. And she's like, so like, you're cool with me. Like filming. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? Like, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I was not expecting any of that, any of yeah. those emotions to come out. But that was definitely an incredible, incredible day, for sure. Yeah. That was definitely, you know, you set a goal and you achieve it. And those emotions that, that came to you after, you know, I'll, I'll let people kind of see what happened mm-hmm. during the game, but you're sitting on the bench afterwards and, like, mm-hmm. Man, you can't you you really can't control yourself. You let the no. emotions overwhelm you and just mm-hmm. release. And do you feel like that was an, a necessary step in the process as well? Like oh, you had 100%, been clear, hundred percent, right? One hundred, like one of the biggest steps. I hadn't. I I had to you know kind of you know say that um, you know what if if something did happen, it wasn't you know it was on my accord and that kind of thing. But I knew I was ready, and I knew for me like that was one of the biggest steps that I needed to get back on the field in the fall. For mm-hmm. me, I kind of wanted to get all of those emotions out um, prior to, to the fall. And I didn't want to kind of go through this time and be like, you know, kind of have that in the back of my head, like, oh, this will be the first time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't want mm-hmm. to, like, have any of those emotions. I wanted to be like a clean, you know, senior year, like, let's go kind of thing. 
Yeah. Um, and so for me to be able to get all of those emotions out in, in that way, um, it was a huge, huge, huge part of my, my, my growing process and my recovery was just, I can't even say how important that was. Just to, yeah. to let those emotions take you, like you, that's one of the things like I didn't in my first one. Like I always go back to it. My, what I think is the most important thing is like feel your feelings. Mm. Like if you are sad, like be sad, like, but be sad for like, you know, a day. Like you don't need to be sad for, you know, weeks on end, but like feel that. Like if you're angry, feel it. Like yep. that doesn't make you not tough. It doesn't make you not resilient. It it makes you, you know, you're recovering through something that not a lot of people have been through. And it's mm-hmm. such a mental process and a mental recovery. And so to feel those feelings when they come and not hide them, I think was like the, the biggest biggest thing for me, you know, recovering from my second one. And I think it shows other people, too, you know, people don't see you 24 hours a day and all that you've been through and all the times that you put on a face that you didn't mm-hmm. feel that a certain way and all the times where you cried or you mm-hmm. you celebrated these tiny, small wins by yourself. And, you know, mm-hmm. for them to all see that and be like, man, like, of course we're proud of Joe, but, like, wow, we are so proud of her. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that's definitely key because no one, you know, you know, people – people don't know what you do behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. you, 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 you can, you put on a face, like people don't know. And so I think yeah. for that, like those raw, raw, visceral emotions kind of, again, you know, it's kind of a, a night and day, you know, visceral yeah. emotions from the first time, I guess, I think it was around six months before when I tore it. And then, you know, the happiness of it six months later, but both so raw, I think are, are pretty, it's an yeah. interesting contrast. Definitely. Right. And during the summer, so that was a spring game, and then during the summer, mm-hmm. were you still working with Chris? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, How many um, miles do you think you logged? A um, lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. So I actually was um, I was a business major uh, as well as an exercise sports science major until I, tore, until I started carrying oh. these ACLs. And so, you know, I tore my first one, and, you know, I dropped it to my minor because I really didn't like business. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, one class away from a business minor, but um, I tore my second one, and I was, like, screwed. Like, I hate this. Like, I'm dropping mm-hmm. it. So I was in four classes that spring. And okay. so I was able to, I, you know, I, I manipulated my schedule around, so I was able to be in only Tuesday, Thursday classes oh, in an great. online class. And so I was able to, you know, take a long weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and, you know, get good training in and be able to drive up and, and drive back. And, obviously, my my mom was just a phenomenal rock in all of this and, you know, coming up there with me and, um, you know, doing everything that she could possibly do as, as a mom. Um, you know, I can't credit her enough for that and, and love her enough for that. But, yeah, I would go up definitely. It was definitely once, once a month. And then um, once a month and starting in January um, – January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Um, I went up there every month, and and wow. um, yeah, it was yeah. So being, I mean, it was it was a it wasn't easy. It definitely yeah. wasn't easy, but um, it was well well worth it. But I think that's a good example of you know there's there's sacrifices that you have to make in the process as well. Like it's not going to be you know there's so many challenging things, but you have to also pick what is challenging and what is worth it. Like, oh yeah. If yeah. it's if it's challenging and it's it's pushing you, it might be something that's really worth it and you can't shy away from those things. If it's 
going to cost you a little bit extra money to drive somewhere and mm-hmm. get the best person that you can, it, it, it's going to probably be worth it. And it, it has been for you. And mm-hmm. you get to that, you know, you get to preseason, you get to August 18th, and you're playing your first game again. Yeah. None other Duke. than yeah, <laughs> your rivals in Duke. Um, what a game to come back and yeah. play. And and not only that, Joe, but you showed up in such a big way and scored yeah. a goal, got the game-winning assist in overtime. Did the emotions – how were the emotions different between that game in the spring and that game in the fall? Well, yeah, I just got chills thinking about it again. Um, it definitely – I mean, that game was just huge. And, and you know, being able to – you know, score and assist on, you know, you know, Duke who, you know, it ended up being, I wish the game was an ACC game because then yeah. we, would, we would be the winners. But it's awesome. <laughs> but I think for me, the, the emotions, the differing emotions in, in that aspect where, you know, it's, it's game time, you know, like it's it's senior year, like it's, it's time to get down to business. You know, this team has goals, this team has, you know, um, it was it was just time time to get down to business, kind of differing emotions, you know, excitement yeah. of the future and excitement what the season can entail, and and those were the kind of emotions that were definitely you know with me throughout that game and throughout the throughout the season. Yeah, what a what a great start to a, a wonderful senior season at UNC, and um, you know you had you know this nobody else maybe does maybe some people listening you had six goals five assists. You captain the team. You started every game, Joe. Like yeah. you can't write. You can't write much better of a comeback than that. I, I mean, I I can think of one, and it comes in. You know, there's still we're still writing the comeback, right? You yeah, know, yeah. It's getting still going. getting drafted and getting yeah. you know continuing to achieve those goals that you've written down and have in your brain and um, work for every single day. But it's it's so cool to see the work that you put in pay off and to see you smiling like I was lucky enough to call a game you played Virginia and I, mm-hmm. I was on the call on ESPNU and to watch you play was the coolest thing because you know you know you're back and you know you're feeling like you again when it doesn't look like there's ever been anything wrong with you and yeah. like yeah. you are a presence on the field and you're calm and composed and you find passes that I don't even know how you see them and you flip them through. So what, you know, for me, it was such a privilege to meet you in person and to see you play in person. And uh, I can't wait for what's next because there, there's a lot. I can, I can feel that there's a lot. Thank you. That means the world. Yeah, that, that definitely means a lot. I appreciate that. And I was so excited to finally meet you. You know, we corresponded through, Instagram and text, but I, you know, to put a face with with a name is is pretty pretty special. And for you to meet my family was was really exciting. And for Chris to be there was even I know. <laughs> it was like the the ultimate reunion of all it these was, worlds yeah. colliding. Yeah, um, it was pretty special. Right. So special. I I can't wait to I'll keep everybody updated, kind of on what's going on with you and um, mm-hmm. the draft. But before we go, I have a couple mm-hmm. things. I want to do something fun, and then I want to okay. ask you the final question of okay. the podcast. But the fun thing is like a cool little rapid fire, and so do you want to play? Yes, I love rapid, rapid. fire. Yes, yes, let's do it. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I, uh, P.S. I need a, a sound effect, but I still – I just told Indy Cowie this, and 
I still don't have one. So if you, you know, if you hear, I were on the same um, YTS team back in the day. U eight, oh, U nine. Really? Yeah. So she grew up through next level as well. Jeez. You know oh, what? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't shock me because you two are very. Uh, you're very focused. You're very passionate, and you're super technical. I like, love India. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. I. It feels a little weird to me be, to be interviewing all these UNC people, but <laughs> you know, I'm not putting it. I'm not holding go it heel. against you. <laughs> yeah, go heel. All right, back to the rapid, rapid fire. fire. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite food? Um. Any type of fruit. Oh, any type of fruit. <laughs> I, papaya, I even. Yes. I, I love can't get fruit. over papaya texture. Um, who's your best friend? Um, one of my old club teammates, Sydney Curtis, and and Macon Betts, who's a cheerleader at UNC. Oh, shout out. And my boyfriend. And my boyfriend Parker. Okay, and Parker. You can make and it Parker. too, Parker. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite song right now? Oh man, any Demi Lovato song. Ooh, I okay. love Demi Lovato. Her whole okay. new album. Is okay. Sick. That's not one song, but we'll give you and JoJo album. and JoJo. You can throw oh. her in there too. She's made a comeback. Well, if anyone cares to know. I think Love you're her. a little biased to that. Though. I am. I am. <laughs> Get awesome. out right now. <laughs> you need to check out her new album too, though. Okay. It's sick. I will. I will. It's What's fire. your favorite color? Um, Carolina blue. What's your favorite <laughs> emoji? <laughs> Um, I love like the like the amen like the yeah, two hands. hands. Yeah, uh-huh. I use that one a lot. And the crying like laughing face. Yeah. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh gosh. Um, I hate it when I can hear people crunching and like smacking. It's just uh, I just can't. It's when they're like, eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of those, my my family hates me for it. Yeah. But. Um. <laughs> so I know you have tattoos, but do you have a favorite one, mm-hmm. or is that your only one? I have. That's my only one. That's my only Perfect. one. So my favorite. Right finger. But I'm thinking about getting another one. Yeah. We'll see, though. Okay. My parents you think about me, it. I'll think you about think it. About it. Yeah. You did a good job on the first one, so maybe they'll Thank you. cut, cut maybe, you a break. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> uh, who's your favorite athlete? Ooh. Right now, I love LeBron James. I just mm. think he's just a stud with everything that he does and just him doing it for so long. I just am all about LeBron right now. I think okay. he's amazing. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi, for sure. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> 100% Messi. <laughs> Me too. I'm like 100. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite book? Ooh. Oh, man. I love to read. You will always see me with the book in my hand. Besides Harry Potter, I'll just that's just a given for everyone. Um, <laughs> Indy said the same thing. Yeah, like that's just a given. You don't even need to, like, acknowledge that one. Um. I don't know. I just finished um, Maria Sharapova's autobiography. Oh. And that was really, really cool. Her whole story is super cool. So check mm-hmm. it out. That one's really cool. Did you read Open by Andrea Agassi? Oh, yeah. I read that. That one was even better, actually. Yeah, that's that a one good was book, really huh? good. I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, what? Who is your favorite comeback athlete? Ooh. My favorite comeback athlete. You know, it is the season with this podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, it is the season. Um... <laughs> Hmm. There's just so many like small stories. Just mm-hmm. kind of that kind of you know. I I also read Edelman's book on the Patriots. Oh huh. Um, and he just everything that he's been through with all of his injuries. I would say you know just because he's in my forefront right now. Cool. Yeah. Um, I would say him, and he's going through an ACL recovery right now. I know. So we need to get him. To, we need to get him on the podcast if you're listening. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Edelman. Mr. Edelman, come. 
I won't say my feelings about the New England Patriots, but I'll give you a shot. Yeah. Like I gave Um, Joe a shot, even though she plays for the Tar Heels. Yeah. (laughs) Are you an early riser or a night owl? Uh, Early riser. Yeah. Uh, What's the last song you sang to in the car? A Demi Lovato, Tell Me You Love Me. (laughs) I'm Demi Lovato. Uh, you're listening, I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, gosh, so we'll get, we'll, yeah, come on, Demi. <laughs> come on, Demi, tickets to your show in North Carolina. I know, I know, please. Who, did you have a dream where someone random was in it recently, and who was it? Mm. Oh. Do you remember your dream? I don't really. I don't. I'm going to have to, can I pass? Yeah, you could also one? just say Demi Lovato because you probably okay, Demi Lovato, probably. Yeah, we'll pass. <laughs> if you had a superpower, what would you choose it to be? Hmm. My superpower would be being super fast, lightning mm. speed. That would Gosh. totally be my. Power. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be, it so, would be so wonderful? Great. I know. You wonderful. Just everywhere. I know. Uh, who is your favorite teammate you've ever had? Oh, my favorite teammate. Oh, I would definitely say my entire club team. Yeah, um, they're just sounds special. Yeah, it was it was a special group. So mm-hmm. definitely that whole entire club team is just yeah. they're they're special. If they're you special. left for vacation today, where would you choose mm-hmm. to go? Oh, somewhere tropical for sure. Yeah, just the you know I'm a big beach gal. Anywhere mm. tropical, I'll take. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what's your favorite alternative workout that's not your sport? Ooh, I love tennis. Is that an alternative workout? Yeah. I love sure. playing tennis. Yeah, tennis for sure. sure. I love tennis. I love it. Um, good answers. You didn't, you Thank know, you. you stuck to it. You, we were kind of rapid fire. I think we did an all right job. I'm getting better. Okay. I don't like to talk. So I know. I talk <laughs> too much. So much about people. <laughs> um, all right, Joe, the last question for this podcast is, what does show your scars mean to you? Oh, this is a loaded question. Um, I think, you know, show your scars is, is so many different aspects. For me, I think it's to be proud of them. Um, you know, it's it's like it's scars on your body, and you should be proud of everything that they've taught you and everything that you've overcome and had to do to get back for them to heal. Um, it's feeling your feelings. It's, um, you know, everything that you've been through to, to get back healthy. Um, to kind of just sum it up like that. But I think show your scars is, is, is an amazing, amazing thing that you should never be, you know, afraid to share and, and be proud of um, because your scars show, show what you've been through. Um, and I think that's just the greatest thing that, you know, you can you can have is something to show what you've been through. Um, and I think, like I said, I think the ACL club is just absolutely phenomenal. And I'm y'all's biggest fan, and you're your biggest fan. But um, I think it's phenomenal what you what you're doing with with everything. And well, I just thank love you. it. Well, love thank it. you for that and great answer. I love what you you said. Um, you know, I appreciate your just for me. It's all about helping people out and that if you can share information that's going to help people not get what we had, maybe the cards that we had, and uh, maybe reduce their risk of even getting injured or uh, one and done, right? One, yeah, one and done. Yeah. We're, we're doing a good job, even if it's one person. But one thing I want to read to you before I let you go is you talked about
little bit earlier about how you wanted people to remember you and you wanted people to, you know, not think of you as a player that had two ACLs and then is done with. And that, that's all about legacy. And I'm, I'm so into like, this idea of legacy and what we build every single day is leaving that. And I'm, re- I'm reading a book called Chase the Lion. And today, before I did this interview with you, I read a chapter and it's, the chapter is called Chain Reaction and it's talking about legacy and it says uh, a legacy is what you leave in someone. Legacy is the influence your dream has on others even after you die. So not that you're going to die. I mean, eventually <laughs> we're all going to die, right? Yeah. But, yeah. but the thought there, though, is that you and everything you've done up till now, you are leaving a mark on so many people, whether you know that or not or whether you feel that or not. So you're building your legacy as you speak, and I couldn't be more proud of you. And uh, so happy you got to join me on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you uh, for having me. I'm so, I'm so happy everyone that I can. Yeah, it was great. So uh, we will be tuned in come draft day. I think it's January 17th. Eight, I think it's 18th. Yeah. 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 MLS 17th. Okay. So we'll see where in the country I'll be. All right, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I learned a few things from Joe. One of my biggest takeaways is feel your feelings. And I think that's such a big concept in this process that as athletes, as men, as women, as people who are supposed to be strong, we feel like we cannot express the way that we truly feel. And that is not right at all. Joe learned that lesson. She's still learning that lesson. I don't know if you ever fully learn it and are able to implement it in every single situation but being present and being in tune with what your body is feeling and what your the emotions are coming up and being okay with those emotions, even if they're not what you want to feel, saying, okay, I acknowledge you and I'm going to let you, let myself cry this out, let myself be frustrated, and then tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be over it. That's really powerful, and that is so helpful in the injury recovery process. I can't wait to see what's next for Joanna. And the NWSL draft is just in a couple weeks. She's prepping for that. And I will be along for the ride. So if I get the opportunity to interview Joe as a part of the draft day, I will see if I can get some footage from that. And I can show you guys um, how to ACL club and show your scars people are sharing our strength with everybody else on a a different platform should be a cool day as always thank you so much for your ears thank you for your time whether you're in your car you're getting ready to go to work in the morning you're going to pt you're sitting on that bike and you need a little extra bit of inspiration you guys are really the ones that are inspiring me i want to help you guys through this process so if you would be so kind and leave me an itunes review I can really know then what it is you like about the podcast, what it is you want more of, what it is you want less of. Help me help you because this is all about the the club. This is all about showing your scars and helping people through injury recovery. It's not about me and what I want. It's about you guys and what you want. So your reviews would mean a lot to me. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and go out there and show your scars with pride.